When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. It's Fourth Down in the Steel City. I'm Adam Crowley. Colin Dunlap has the day off, which means for the second week in a row, you got producer Greg Finley, who's hanging out here. Finley. What's up? Getting called up to the big leagues two weeks in a row, man. I'm excited. Talk some Steelers football. Did you say that same thing last week to Colin, that you were called up to the big leagues? Uh, No, I did not. (laughs) Is your promotion to the MLB or to MLB? I hate when people do that, actually. The MLB. No, it's just MLB. Is your promotion to MLB going to be like Garrett Jones that one year where he hit like 20 home runs in seven games? Or is it going to be more like Neil Walker the first time where the guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn? <laughs> uh, let's go with the first one. I like the, I like the Garrett Jones one better. <laughs> there we go. Garrett Jones. Garrett Jones has a very hot wife. We move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers v. Baltimore Ravens. Finley, I think this is... Now that Kenny Pickett has found his footing, the biggest challenge he's had yet in the second part of his first season. What I mean by that is everything pre-buy, okay, you get Buffalo on the road, you get Philadelphia on the road, my God, baptism by fire. That's part one. Part two is this post-buy week version of Kenny Pickett. I think it's the toughest test because – He's played better the last four weeks, but I think he's played better the last four weeks because they've simply run the ball significantly better the last four weeks. I don't know that they're going to be able to run the ball against the Baltimore Ravens, thus putting things squarely on the rookie's shoulders. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the Ravens are second in the league against the run, averaging 82.5 yards per game against the run. It's going to make it difficult because, like you said, the Steelers have run the football so effectively the last couple of games that, you know, Kenny Pickett throwing the ball was secondary. But now if you can't run the ball effectively, he's going to have to throw the ball more. And if he doesn't throw the ball to George Pickens enough, Pickens is going to throw a fit and he's going to want the ball. And unfortunately, that can lead to mistakes. Like I I was advocating for them to throw the ball to Pickett last week just because I could see he was open on a couple of those deep routes, but you know, Baltimore's going to be playing too deep. They're going to be playing double coverage on Pickens as much as possible. And it, Pickett has played so clean the last three games. If they can't run the ball effectively, he's going to have to throw the ball, what, 25, 30 times. That can lead to mistakes. That can lead to problems. He's thrown 128 passes now without an interception, Kenny Pickett has, which is the second longest streak in the NFL right now. The Steelers have run the ball for more yards in the last five games than at any other point besides one in Mike Tomlin's tenure. So they're really running the ball well. 
I think they need to stick with the run even if it's not working. And I'm not sure it will work against Baltimore. Like you said, they're second in the league. They're also, if you go back the last month, first in DVOA against the run. Any way you slice it, they're just stuffing you. And a lot of teams just, frankly, quitting on running the football against Baltimore because they've been that good. And I think a little bit of it is their safeties aren't great either, so you know you can throw the ball maybe a little bit easier on them. But I think given the struggles that I expect from the Ravens' offense, I don't think they're going to run away and hide in this game. And I think that means you can play a little game of chicken here. You can run the ball, even if you're not running it well, to protect Kenny Pickett, and I think the game will still be a one-score game in the fourth quarter. I don't think you necessarily need to throw Kenny Pickett to the Wolves. Well, no Lamar Jackson for Baltimore is a huge right. win for the Steelers. I mean, even though for some reason the Steelers continue to play their backups when they play the Ravens, and the backup quarterback seems to shine, if it's Robert Griffin the third or if it's Ryan Mallett, this time they're going up against Huntley, who couldn't do anything until the final drive against Denver, where the Broncos just couldn't score a touchdown. All they we got to talk about. We got to talk about your guy, Ryan Mallett. You just brought up. That, to me, is the worst Steelers loss of my entire life. And the reason I say that is because the Steelers very nearly blew a playoff opportunity. They got bailed out the last week of the season. That was the penultimate week. But not only do you lose to Ryan Mallett, Finley, you lose to Ryan Mallett wearing the stupid gold pants. Those are the worst freaking uniforms in football. Baltimore, they do the all-blacks really well. The purple and black, it kind of looks super intimidating on the road. And then we got all the Mavs fans. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Baltimore. Those gold pants are so stupid. Oh, the beak's gold. Let's make the whole pants gold. No. Dumb. And Ryan Mallett, Ryan Mallett's a thumb. That guy throws the ball 75 yards down the field on a rope because he's got a massive arm. That guy sucked. That one blew. That was a bad loss. The worst loss. Their leading wide receiver was Kamar Aiken, who no one's ever heard of. And Kyle Yushek was their number two receiver in that game. (laughs) Kamar Aiken. 274 yards. How do you let that happen? In a must-win game when Baltimore was having its worst season in damn near a decade. They were 5-10. and I mean, that was that's as bad a Steelers loss as there's been that I can remember. And there's been many. Now, you know, excluding playoff losses, things of that nature. Like, as far as regular season losses go. That's a bad one. Yeah. That was, I mean, frankly, that was as bad as last year's Jacksonville loss by the Indianapolis Colts. Because that kept Indianapolis out of the playoffs. Jacksonville sucked out loud. The Steelers, they backdoored their way into the playoffs that year. Like, you beat Ryan Mallett, you are definitely in. You lose to Ryan Mallett, and then you needed Ryan Fitzpatrick to screw up for the New York Jets against the Buffalo Bills in order to get in. And, of course, he did because he's also, I mean, he is who he is. So that, to me, was one of the worst losses. Let's let's get into this Raven Steelers rivalry a little bit here deeper. I have a question for you that Colin asked this morning that I think is a really good one. But before we get into that, these Steelers Ravens games, you hear it from Harbaugh, you hear it from Tomlin. It's going to be a one score game. It's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be a battle. And every single player that was interviewed on both sides said the same crap this week. It's going to be a rock fight. It's going to be close. It's going to be a battle. I think these coaches, without knowing that they do it, 
they make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like both teams are going to run the ball and I think both teams are going to be fairly conservative. And I think because of that, they make it a rock fight. They make it a one-score game. They talk about it so much that they actually speak it into existence. What say you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, the Ravens can light up a scoreboard and put up 35 points one week, but when they play the Steelers, they want it to be a rock fight, and they want it to be a defensive battle from both sides of the football. It's it's ridiculous. Like, it gets to the point where – you know, why can't one team just run away with it when they're capable of doing it? But both teams just run the ball against each other the way that they're going to. You're going to have Najee Harris get, what, 15 to 20 carries in this game. And if the Steelers can't run the ball effectively, they're going to have to throw the ball. Did you know that you dropped me there? I did. That's why I just kept talking. <laughs> so you were filibustering and you knew you were filibustering. That's funny. I didn't know that you knew you were filibustering or you just really were passionate in giving the answer that you gave. You my, internet, man. my internet kicked out. It kicked me back on. That is a hell of a job by you. Abolish the filibuster. I say no. I say you take care of business, Greg Finley. Now, unfortunately, I can't respond to it because I have no idea what you said. So we do move on to the question that Colin asked me today. John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, better head coach. Better head coach, I'm going Mike Tomlin. Tell me why. Because Tell me why. Because he continues to not lose his football teams. Like, I heard Kenny Pickett talk about it last week after the Falcons game. Ron Cook asked him, what is it about this coach that just they refuse to lose a football team. You guys started off two and six, and here you are now at five and seven. He said, you know, that's Coach T. We come in every week. He expects us to work. We're going to do that, and that's exactly what they've been doing for him since he's been here. I think that he's just, you know, he continues to put up winning season after winning season. As much as people don't want to hear that, oh, what has he done lately for me in the playoffs? In the regular season, the guy's a winner. and. I didn't know you were a Tomlin apologist. Are you a a card-carrying member of the Mike Tomlin fan club? I just like Mike Tomlin, and I don't see why people rag on him so much when you see other coaches in this league. Did you see what Josh McDaniels did yesterday? That guy's a head coach. But people want Mike Tomlin run out of town. Get out of here. He's way better than that. Yeah, I think Mike Tomlin is a good coach, and I think Mike Tomlin's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. In fact, I know Mike Tomlin's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. But I also think John Harbaugh is a good coach, and I would take him. And here's why. John Harbaugh has done the one thing that I have always wanted Mike Tomlin to be able to do, and now it doesn't matter anymore. But he went into New England, and he beat Tom Brady, and he did so with Joe effing Flacco at quarterback. That's good enough for me. Now, I'd like to see him because I know Lamar Jackson's good enough. I'd like to see him win a Super – well, like to. From John Harbaugh's perspective, I'd like to see him win another Super Bowl. With with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, because I think he's that kind of player. He's won an MVP. You've got a good enough defense. It's probably not going to happen this year because Lamar got hurt, and that's bad luck two years in a row. But with Joe Flacco, he won a Super Bowl. He beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. He never had that Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger that Mike Tomlin's had his entire career. So I will, I will say the tie to me goes to John Harbaugh. He's had a better playoff record than Mike Tomlin. 
But I think it's all just a matter of preference. I think both guys are great. Mike Tomlin's got a better winning percentage than does John Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. John Harbaugh has. So I don't think you're wrong necessarily whichever way you go with this, which maybe means it's not a great radio question. Son of a bitch. Coming up next, Steelers, Ravens, predictions. What song would Greg Finley sing in karaoke if he could sing a song in karaoke? And I make him do it. That's next, Worth Down in the Steel City. Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, Crowley, no call, and enter Greg Finley. Finley, I actually have a Secret Service agent placed outside your house. And if you do not tell me what your go-to karaoke song is and sing it, you're going to feel the wrath of the U.S. military. I mean, I'll tell you it, but I'm not singing it, so... You're going to have... You are going to have a SWAT team member bust up into your house and beat you over the head with a baton. All right, I'll call your bluff. (laughs) What song would you sing? Because we had our fan Christmas karaoke this week. That's why I asked that question. I think my go-to would be Piano Man. <laughs> have you ever sang karaoke? Man, I don't, I don't think I have. You know why? You know why that is? Because you're not a drinker. You don't get drunk. And I was thinking about this last night during the fan karaoke, Christmas karaoke. I got up on stage, and I did have a beverage in my hand. And I thought, holy crap, I've never done this before sober. I've had very many karaoke escapades in my life. But you get up there and you look out into the crowd and you just don't have the same feel whenever you are uh, not feeling it. I sang this Christmas and it was so bad, Finley, because I couldn't see the screen. It was too far away. I was not drunk enough. I'm making excuses. I'm making excuses. All right, we're going to get into the Steelers and Ravens, but some big-picture Steelers questions for you. Another thing we kicked around today, who is the Steelers' number one wide receiver? Who should be the Steelers' number one wide receiver? Well, it's Deontay Johnson by default, I would say, just by targets. The number one receiver should be George Pickens. The problem is they can't get him the football. But you went and drafted this guy because he is, you know, He's a stud of what he did at Georgia. He's big guy. You should be able to throw the ball deep to him. You saw what A.J. Brown did against the Titans last week where it didn't matter if he was covered or not. Jalen Hurts would throw him the ball. And I just wish that the Steelers could do that with George Pickens because he's a playmaker. He can go get those deep balls, but unfortunately they're just unable to get him the football right now. Do you think the evolution of the George Pickens villain arc would be This week he gets two targets, and then he steals one of those carts from the sideline and runs Kenny Pickett over. Do you think that's a possibility? (laughs) Because at some point I think it's going to blow up if you don't feed the beast. Yeah, Yeah, man. Like, And I get where he's coming from. Doran talked about it this week. We were discussing the transfer portal in NCAA football, and Doran said, 
I would not transfer today because the grass isn't always greener. But the reality is all these guys do. They transfer, right? And so in college, you've got guys who they get recruited and they're told that they're God's gift to football. You come in. We're going to give you the football right away. you got a starting job. There's all the pretty ladies who want to be with you. All the guys want to be you. You get golf carts drive around campus. Everything's easy. And then when it's not easy, then you transfer. And the next coach sells you the same thing. And then you wind up playing more. And then you go to the NFL, and there's NIL money. And then you get drafted, and you get paid all these millions of dollars. It's no surprise to me that receivers would act this way, that any of these players in the NFL these days would act this way because they've always been given and told that they are the shiz, and they are given every single thing that they want. And so when George Pickens doesn't get the football, and he looks like, I mean, he's chiseled by God to play the sport, and he is only getting targeted two times, I understand why he's flipping out. Now, I don't think that's necessarily the best way to go about it. Like, I think you could walk to the sideline after Deontay Johnson drops the ball, and you could say, hey, Kenny, you know that guy over there with the butterfingers? Throw it to me because I'm a monster. And Kenny could probably say, yeah, you dropped two last week. But still, George Pickens should have probably done it that way, right? I, but, think, I think when Connor Hayward gets a touchdown and you don't even get more than two targets, that also really grinds your gears if you're George Pickens. The list of targets last week is comical. Unless you're George Pickens, then it's tragedy. Because you're better than those guys. God bless Connor Hayward, right? And the story's wonderful. And boy, did Kenny try his darnest to overthrow that guy in the end zone. My Lord. But, <laughs> I mean, you're going to throw it to chubby wide receiver, tight end, fullback. I don't really know what Connor Hayward is, guy. Right. When you got George Pickens, who is definitely, like you said, open more than has the ball followed him. It's going to be a problem if they do not this week make a concerted effort to get him the football. And so I think that they will. To answer my own question, I think the Steelers' best receiver is Pat Fryermuth. I mean, he's a tight end, but he. Mm, he a le- trick question then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Radio. Podcast. He leads the team in yards. I think he's been the most consistent. I think he's one of the best in the league at his position. There's six games left. He's got near 600 yards. He's going to have 800, 900 yards in his second year with a rookie quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. Like, I think that guy is a stud. And I think given the nature of the Steelers offense now running the ball, I think with the play action that can follow it, I think it just lends itself to being able to attack the middle of the field with the tight end. So to me, that's the answer right now. Um, I think they think, Greg, that any week – We've got a stable of dudes, and so we can attack the other team's weakness. And if it's Deontay Johnson this week, fine. If it's George Pickens this week, fine. The problem is none of these guys are consistent enough to where you can be toggling back and forth between this guy can be the guy, this guy can be the guy, that guy can be the guy. And so when you want to go to one of them, you're not often getting what you need from them. Like I would much rather – Instead of, say, we've got this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy, and on any given week, any could beat you, I would much rather have a dude like George Pickens that you just say, I don't care if God himself is covering him. I'm throwing him the ball. That's what I want to see. 
that's what I want to see too, because he's a playmaker. Let the guy go make a play. That play against the Colts when he made that catch, the, nobody else on the team can do that play. No. But, but they refuse to take a shot anymore. And I think it's because, you know, Trubisky was making all those mistakes and Kenny's like, all right, I don't want to make mistakes. I don't want to throw interceptions. And I get it. He made that mistake against the Jets. It probably cost them the game whenever he threw that interception. But, you know, he's trying to grow, but you got to you got to take a shot, man. You can't play that conservative, especially when Deontay Johnson's dropping as many as he did last week. Deontay Johnson was the guy last week for him to keep targeting because he kept getting open, but he kept dropping the ball. I would have been okay with Pickens only having two targets if Johnson keeps making plays, but he wasn't doing that. And I'm with you on, on Friar move. He's a beast and they are finally getting him the ball more. Yeah. And I think that him and uh, Pickett have a great chemistry going for them. I, I'm afraid though, that Baltimore is going to target in on him a good bit this week. You still gambling, Greg? I am not, no. You quit the gambling game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Long time ago? Uh-huh. Fourth down in the Steel City. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Steelers Ravens on Sunday. Greg, are the Steelers, and that's Greg Finley. I'm Adam Crowley. Are the Steelers in the hunt? Yeah, they are. In Let's the hunt. go! <laughs> Woo Five and seven with a very favorable schedule down the stretch. Yes. Vegas just lost their eighth game. Yep. So, you know, they just took a huge step back in a game they definitely should have won. If Vegas wins that game, they're very much in the hunt. Absolutely they are. Losing that game was absolutely huge. But look, you've got Baltimore without Lamar Jackson this week. I think that's a winnable game. You've got Carolina next week, who who knows who their quarterback situation is. Is it Sam Darnold? Is it is it P.J. Walker? I don't know. I don't care. The Panthers stink. You've got the Raiders on Franco Harris anniversary night. You don't think they're going to get up for that game on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve? That should be three wins in a row right there. Then you play Baltimore again, and you close out with Cleveland. The Steelers are in the hunt, man. They are. Let's go. Ready. Let's go. In the hunt. In the hunt. They are in the hunt, Greg. You are right about this. The Jets, they go on the road this week to play Buffalo. They're a 10-point dog. You know what's going to happen in that game, Greg? The Jets are going to lose. You look, <laughs> you look later on in the evening, and this is wonderful. Dolphins on the road against the Chargers. The Dolphins, they had a lot of things there against the 49ers. They did. You, you listen to any of these analysts that are film guys. Tua just played a bad game, and he was allowed to play a bad game. Tua's had a wonderful season. If the Chargers lose that game to the Dolphins, and they're an underdog, much like the Jets are to Buffalo, though the spread's obviously not as big, if those two results, the favorites win, and the Steelers, also a favorite, take care of business at home against Baltimore, the Steelers, when we wake up on Monday, Greg, will be one game out of the playoffs. And yes, they do not have a tiebreaker against the New York football Jets. They do not have a tiebreaker against the New England Patriots. 
But here's the deal. Jets got to play the Lions after Buffalo. I'm here to tell you that the Lions could make the playoffs in the NFC. If the Steelers are a hard-charging Bronco right now, the Broncos can't be hard-charging because the football team sucks. But you get my picture. If the Steelers are on a stampede right now and on a trajectory where they could make themselves be viable for a playoff berth, I think you look at the Lions, the way they're playing, I could see them maybe doing the same thing in the NFC. Hot take. Then you get the Jags, no good. But the Jets then take on the Seahawks on the road, one of the toughest places to play in the league in Seattle against bona fide MVP stud candidate Geno Smith. And then it's the Jets on the road to end the season against the Miami Dolphins in a game that is absolutely going to matter. So the Jets quarterback situation is bad. I'm sorry. I'm not a Mike White believer. Like, come on. Flash in the pan if there ever was one. So there's the Jets. This is a this is a little game I like to call scheduling or looking at the schedule. The Patriots, they're they go on the road this week against Arizona, and they're a one and a half point favorite. Fair enough. You don't have the tiebreaker over New England, but New England's schedule down the stretch: Bills, Dolphins, Bengals, on the road against the Raiders. That's not a tough one, but. In, in Vegas, that'll be tough. They play pretty good. Yeah, that's true. And you got to go across the uh, the United States of, of America. And you're doing the same thing against the Cardinals. Those schedules are harder than the schedule the Steelers are going to play. Just is. And the tiebreaker, yeah, it's not great. But if all these teams are tied together, you start eliminating the head-to-head stuff, right? And in this hypothetical the Steelers would have had to win games to get into a playoff position, thus making their other tiebreakers better. You would have beat – if you're going to get make the playoffs, you're probably going to have to win out, right? Yeah. So two times against Cleveland, one time against Baltimore. That's three AFC wins. And, then against, and then against Las Vegas. Right. So there's four AFC wins right there if you're going to win out. So that helps you in the tiebreaker game, too. They are absolutely in this thing. And I'll give you one more number, and I'm rambling here because I'm very excited that you said they are in the hunt, Greg. <laughs> Teams that have started 5-8, and eight, there's like a 1% chance you make the playoffs. Only one team has ever done it, okay? Teams that have started 6-7, and seven, there's basically been one every year that makes the playoffs. You have a 14% chance of making the playoffs then. You lose this game, you're done. You win this game, and you got a puncher's chance, baby. But it all comes down to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday against these Baltimore Ravens. Who wins, Greg, and why? I take the Steelers by a final score of 20-15. to 15. Mm. Justin Tucker hits five field goals, but the Ravens don't score a single touchdown because, the, man – I don't believe in Tyler Huntley. I don't believe in uh, the Ravens offense in general. Like Deshaun, 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson, is he going to have one big play? He might, but I don't think he's getting a touchdown. Uh, you know, I think the Steelers are going to come in hungry. They know they're in the hunt. They know that they're still in, in the hunt. They're going to defend home field. They're going to win this game, man. Kenny Pickett's going to make some plays. I'm hoping George Pickens is going to get some targets. And uh, if they can't run the football effectively, 
Pickett's going to have to make plays and he's going to have to take some deep shots, but no Lamar Jackson. It's still going to be a sloppy game because the Ravens always Ravens and Steelers is always a sloppy rock fight. That's what the coaches love to call it. You said, uh, but I got the Steelers. I have the Steelers as well. And even if the Steelers don't wind up making the playoffs at the end of the season, right? It's still so valuable to win a game like this to, I think, win these next three where you're favored, get to a point where you're eight and seven, and have Kenny Pickett in this young offense experience what it feels like to be in the playoff race. You, They feel it right now, right? They have to feel it right now. Deontay Johnson said today that they feel like they can win out. Winning these last two have given them that kind of confidence. You win on Sunday, every game from here on out, you really feel then like, holy crap, we can win out, and holy crap, we really can make the playoffs. And regardless of whether or not they get in there, I think that is so important for in Kenny Pickett's rookie season to experience what it feels like to be in the hunt. I, I think it's great, too, that, you know, T.J. Watt could have said, you know, I'm hurt. I'm not I'm not going to come back this season. But he comes back. He's playing through it. Najee Harris played through his Liz Frank. These guys are still playing hard. And so it's got to motivate the rest of these players to say, hey, T.J.'s here. Najee's here. They're playing for Tomlin. They're playing for the boys. We got to do it, too. And that's got to motivate them. And they look at this schedule down the stretch. It's very winnable after how tough Buffalo and Philadelphia and that whole front of the schedule was. You can turn it all around if if you win on Sunday. Yeah, I think they're going to be favored in at least four of these five games because I think they're going to win on Sunday. I think they're going to beat Carolina because, Jesus. <laughs> I think they are going to beat Vegas. Vegas because of the reasons you said. And then at that point, you're eight and seven. And so if Lamar Jackson plays, you're probably an underdog on the road in Baltimore. If Lamar Jackson doesn't, eh, you still might be an underdog. It's going to be tight. But if you've won three in a row, and at that point, five in a row, you'll probably be favored in that one. But I would imagine you would definitely be favored in the final game of the season. This is doable. And I don't want people to get confused here and pretend like I think that the Steelers are a good football team. I don't think they're a good football team. I think they're better than a Raven, uh, than a Lamar Jacksonless Ravens. I think they're better, clearly, than Carolina. I think they're better than Las Vegas. Certainly, better coached, and I think that they're better and better coached than Cleveland. So, like, it's not me just spouting out, "Oh, the Steelers are great," and being a giant ass homer. No, it's their opponents that they have left. Right. If the Steelers had the New York Jets, New England Patriots. And like borderline playoff teams, and they had to win five straight games against borderline playoff teams now to make the playoffs. Yeah. I would not think that they could run that gauntlet. But the team that they've got on their schedule, yeah, it's absolutely doable. In the hunt, in the hunt, in the hunt. One letter can change the whole meaning of that sentence. Greg, it's been fun, buddy. What do you say we don't do it next week? <laughs> we'll do it again on Tuesday. Hopefully we're talking about a win. Goodbye. Fourth down in Steel City. See you later. <laughs>